0: Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now, to the message. Now, we're in the month of February. We've been in a series we're calling, What Matters Most, You Don't Get Paid For. And we've been talking about how uh, it comes from I was listening to a podcast and something just struck me and, and rang in my spirit and, and it was this guy who went to this very successful uh, businessman's funeral and it was a family funeral so there was the big one where everybody went to and there was the one with the, the few people, the family and close friends and what struck him is that everybody who knew him well they didn't talk about his great achievements what he had accumulated, how he changed things and really was a, a, a show Society for the good is instead what they talked about is who he was as a father, who he was as a friend, who he was as a spouse. Um, And that what matters most when all said and done, the best bottom line, I guess, would be death. What are people saying when you're gone? Because now you can't, they don't care what you say. Um, (laughs) Is they said what matters most? They talked about relationships and how today. What matters most is not what we, we get paid for. What matters most is our relationships with those around us, with our kids, our spouse, uh, our community, our friends. And that is really what matters most. So we've been talking about how can we do that well, what matters most. Last week, Natalie gave an awesome message, so good. I got, like, notes and notes, and I'm like, okay, got to do this. And apparently, uh, this, this week, I do not have a drop zone. Um, so... Um, If you're like, what was he talking about? Well, listen to last week. Um, Nothing like public encouragement. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to conclude our series today. Um, And uh, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Smoking 15 cigarettes a day is what the U.S. Surgeon General said loneliness does to your health. It has the same effect as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And, and, and actually, that, that the US Surgeon General came out uh, like a year ago and they talked about, for the US at least, strategies of how to combat. Loneliness, because it's such, actually, it's it's a danger to the U.S. they see it. Because loneliness is such a big deal, it it actually causes people to have less, uh, worse mental health, physical health. It actually shortens your lifespan of loneliness. Uh, There was a a, a poll done, uh, actually I should say a medical survey done, uh, and they did 142 countries. And they went and they surveyed a certain amount in each 142 countries. They found that one in four people experience severe loneliness. That if you're between the age of 19 and, and 29, it's, it's actually now one in three. Statistics Canada actually said that 40% of Canadians experience loneliness or extreme loneliness. So we're, we're actually higher than the, than the world average here of, of in terms of loneliness. And that is an issue. Like if it's comparing that to, okay, uh, uh, it's not good for my health. It's not good for me to be alone. I think we were never designed to be alone. What's interesting to me, though, is we've never been more connected. Like, we've been never more connected. Like, uh, right away, I can call someone, I can text someone, I can FaceTime someone. I just, just this week, last past week, I'm, I was FaceTiming someone on another continent. And there's no distance. I can connect with someone, but yet, loneliness is on the rise. I can find out anything I want on social media, on Google, but yet, loneliness is on the rise. And now I think that part of it is that we use um, technology to fill in for general connection. But I also think it's not just, well, it's the sign of the times and just, wow, you're getting old. You're starting to say, when I was younger, <laughs> we didn't use FaceTime. <laughs> I actually think it is, well, it's, it's actually part of a tactic of the enemy. Is that in First in Peter, uh, I'm going a little bit out of order, guys, so sorry, but First Peter... Uh, 5 verse 8 it says this 1st Peter 5 8 it says be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour have you ever like watched National Geographic like the shows on or maybe you like watching the nature shows and it's like and the majestic lion goes through the savannah he he stalks up to the zebra herd and what do they do they go after the herd, but, but what do they do? They don't attack the whole herd. They separate the one from community. I think that it's not a coincidence that loneliness is on the rise, but that it's a tactic of the enemy to cause us to withdraw from others and to be alone so that he can then take you out. Because he prowls around like a roaring lion. But see, you and I were never designed to be doing life alone. You and I were not designed to be in that state of loneliness. That actually God said when he first created man, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. So he made woman and they were together. Whoa. Um, But then, so you also have family. But I believe that as well that God has friends for us to do life together. That, that there's a God-designed community called the church. Weird. It's like we're designed for this or something. Uh, but God-designed community. Uh, uh, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 8, it says this. There is one alone without companion. He has neither son nor brother. Yet there is no end to his labors, nor in his eyes satisfaction with riches. But he never asks, uh, whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? This also is uh, vanity and a grave misfortune. And then here's the part where, if you were to ever ask me, could you do my wedding? I would say, is in verse 9, two are better than one (laughs) because they have good reward for their labor. For for if they fall, one will lift his companion up. So this isn't just speaking of husband and wife. This is speaking about friendship. Uh, But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they will keep uh, warm. But who can, uh, how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a three, uh, a three uh, threefold cord, a triple-braided cord, is not quickly or easily broken. Speaking of, as well, of God in there. But that, see, we are designed not to be alone. That it is actually doing life by yourself. Uh, vanity, another word in other translations would say pointless, useless. What is it to do life alone? Because we are designed by God to do life together. I believe there is so much more joy, so much more fulfillment, so much more purpose. There's even so much more, like what the scripture says, there's, even, there's people around you to help when you get into trouble in community that that is interesting to me that in the book of acts when the holy spirit was poured out what broke out community like if they started meeting in each other's homes breaking bread it grew and it grew and it grew uh, but community see the church is designed by god for a design built-in community for you and i it's god's design you need community I need community. Hebrews ten twenty four says this. It says, "And let us not consider, uh, and let us not. There's no not there. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, uh, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the uh, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the the more as you see the day approaching. See, we are designed by god god has designed us to be doing life and community together have you ever wondered this like there are people who travel all over the world to see the amazon whoa the amazon it's majestic it's beautiful there's people who travel all over the world to see the forests in our backyard in the rocky mountains how beautiful they are how amazing they are it they're spectacular they're amazing. Uh, uh, and, and they travel from all over. But yet no one travels from all over the world to see the lone tree in the farmer's field on Highway 2 between Calgary and Edmonton. <laughs> what? Like, there's a tree here, there's a tree there. You could probably look at that one tree and spend more time with that tree. Why, why is that? Well, when the trees are together, a jungle a forest. There's something that's created that cannot be created when there's only one. That there is actually an ecosystem that supports itself. There's there's beauty. There's a whole climate that is there because all these trees are together. Whereas if you just go to Stetler and look at the one tree, you're like, well, there it is. There's a difference. There's a difference that it's not just one. I think Together, just like the force is when we're together that we're actually then created for something, that something's created. The, the purposes and plans of God are created in your life, in my life, together. That there's a, a system in which that we support one another, encourage one another, build each other up. You know that lone tree in, in beside the QE2, when it blows and it's windy, that tree feels the full force. But In a forest, I don't know if you know this. I read this book. I shouldn't even tell you what I read. It's called The Secret Life of Trees. (laughs) It is so lame. You're like, are you serious? Well, there weren't too many. Well, I'll tell you about it. But anyways, but what it talked about is how forests, how actually forests provide so that when, when even the wind comes, that the trees, because they're all together, they don't feel the full force of the wind. Because together they stand together. That there's shelter for the trees that are still growing by the mature trees. And, and that each one provides nutrients. And it, it goes down a full rabbit hole that I'm like, oh, we wrote a whole book on this. <laughs> it was actually really good. <laughs> wow, we'll pray for you after, Josiah. Okay. But we, we see, too, that, that when God calls people, he doesn't call them, like, be alone. Like we see Moses, he was, he was like in a wilderness watching his father-in-law's sheep. And then God calls him and he eventually he's brought into community. He, he leads the people. That we see like Joshua and Caleb, they had a different spirit. So why not just go into the promised land and say, see you guys, we're going to take them. Well, because there's certain things you can't do alone. You can't walk alone. There's certain things that God has for you that you can't go at it alone. There's even some things that are in God's words of promises that you read it and you're like, oh, that's good. But it's not just you and Jesus and we're it, we're it. There's things that actually we need to experience and we can only get together. Like, you know how that, like Jesus says, love one another? Well, you kind of need another to do that. <laughs> Bear one another's burdens, you need Another. So like those trees, that, that we, when we're planted together, that God has a plan, a purpose, and that we're actually stronger together. Psalms 92 uh, verse 12 is actually where we get the name of our church, but it says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted, those who are planted, when you're planted in a community, when you're intentional about it, they shall flourish, some translations say thrive, in the courts of our God. See, that when you're planted in a community, that's when it causes you to thrive. See, we are designed by God to be in a community and to have those that we choose to do life with, to have chosen friends, to have genuine relationships with. That that, that is what we are called to do. We, we, we We are called to walk in that. We actually see in scripture that in uh, Psalms or, or Proverbs 27 verse 17 it says this it says as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. That that together that we uh, when we're in community when we're in relationship when we have friendship that we actually refine each other that we sharpen each other that we that we that we get better together. That we get better together, and not just because it, it kind of rhymes or sounds cool. Like, you actually get better when you're in community. There's a shaping that happens. I, I, like, there's, there's a perspective that you get to see different things. That, that there is, it's better when you have friendship. When you are intentional that way. We're designed for community. We actually see Jesus did this too. It's not like Jesus said, okay, you do something that I'm not practicing. See, he actually, we see Jesus, he had the twelve disciples. I'd call them as he hung out with them a lot. I'd call them as friends. Uh, and and he he told them what he was going. He 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 walked with them, he daily went with them. He went places with them. Uh, he he told them about what was going to happen, like, hey, I'm going to die. They're like, no way, you're not. Uh, um, but he was. But we see this is that he had his 12, but then he also had, out of the 12, he had three that he was closer with, that he shared more with, that he was even more real, not real in like, I'm hiding anything, but let me show you more of what's going on. He was more transparent with them. He was more, he he, he opened up. His heart. We see this in Mark 14, verse 32. It says this. It says, Then they came to a place which was named uh, Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, all of them, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John, his three, with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. See, he showed them something that he didn't show everybody else. Then he said to them, my soul is extremely sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. So this is, of course, Jesus in the garden before he's he's taken away. But to the three, he shows something. Everybody knew. He told everybody, his friends, hey, this is what's happening. But to his three, he was more open, he was more vulnerable, he showed them. And, and I think that there, just as Jesus, there, there are those that we have a community, we have friends, but then there are close friends that we really, we, we're even more transparent with. That we are to bear our soul with even more, like that they know everything, and that there's nothing holding back, that there's a trust here that I don't show, that I don't cast everything to everybody, but that there are, are, are friends that I'm able to talk to and to be real. I think God designed community, God designed friends, but I think God also designed close friends. Those who are there that can actually see you and and, and be there for you. And i well, not like the disciples fall asleep. Um, <laughs> do you know someone who is always like right in ordering from a restaurant. And here's what I mean. Is like, they always choose the right meal. Like, th- and this person in my life is Natalie. <laughs> is, uh, we'll go out for, for, for dinner, and I, I'll, she'll order, and then I'll order. And then when the meals come, I'm like, I have meal regret. <laughs> I should have ordered what she got. And, you know, I, it's a principle thing. I don't ask to eat what she's eating because then if we ever get fries, she'll ask, can I, can I have some of your fries? And, but she knows and she chooses the right thing. I think part of it is I don't actually, I just read the header. I don't read the description. But like something like a meal, it doesn't really matter if you choose wrong. But what about the things that actually matter and what we choose? Like what about... The friends that we choose. Like the close friends. I'm not talking about community. I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking about, if you will, the three. The people that we are, are open with and they are our closest friends. How do we choose those? Proverbs 12, 26 says this. The righteous should choose his friends carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. So there is, there is an intentional choice of okay, who are like my closest of close friends? And, and and there's a choice. I choose. It's a lot more weight of do do I want the burger or the salad? There's a lot more weight of you choose. And unlike food regret, there's great importance. There's Proverbs 13, 20. It says this. He who walks with the wise will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Oh, that's, that's comforting. That's direct. That when you walk with the wise, when you're, when you're, when you're working, when you, when you have those people, wise friends as your close friends, you will become wise. But that when, when, that, that, and so we're not talking about acquaintances, we're not talking about wider community, we're talking about close, your close three, if you will. The people you choose to journey and to be transparent with, the highs and the lows. Uh, It matters how we choose. Uh, That when we walk with the wise, we become wiser. That you can walk through challenges and come out on the other side and grow if you have wise friends. Uh, but if you walk with a fool the scripture says it leads you to destruction whoa that's heavy and it makes sense though because if someone's a fool or uh, and they give you advice well it's not going to be the best advice see the people you hang out with today will shape the person you become tomorrow it really does and so, what they're talking about—I don't know if you've ever found this—but when, when, like, i sometimes I'd, I'd like hang out with friends, and I'd like pick up like what they're saying, and, and like, it's not—it's not like I'm intentionally doing it; it's just natural. It, it's something that happens. So, if there, if people are speaking words of life and faith around you, uh, that 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 that's going to be something that comes out of your mouth. But but if you if there, it's the opposite. That is as well. See, our close friends those we walk with can help us run further into the call of God in our lives or actually hold us back. And now, like, just to be clear, I'm not saying, like, don't cut everybody out of your life. Do a survey, fill out my online survey. I don't even talk to you until you fill this out. Then you get to step two, and then I'll interview you. Are you a number three, or are you just the crowd? I'm not talking about that. Right? We don't throw people away. We do not do that. But, but something that, that helps me is, you know, plants, I didn't learn this in that book that I was reading, The Secret Life of Plants, but, <laughs> but plants, there's a different hardiness zone um, for plants, which that means is how much can they tolerate the cold? So in Calgary, we're like zone four, if you're down south. In North Calgary, you're actually zone three or two. And down in Texas, you're like zone ten, because it's like, it's super hot down there. And because of our elevation, you need plants here that can handle the elevation. Or else they're going to die. Or, and they can't handle where you're, where the, how, high you're go, how high we are. We're pretty high, I guess, in the mountains. But I think it's the same way with friends in the sense that, okay, God's calling you to come up to where he is. Are those friends able to handle the altitude of what God is calling you to? Or do I need to keep coming down to where where they are in terms of a zone and be like, okay, here we are, and or are they going to die? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not that people are bad that everybody needs to be. Oh, here, 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 but the people that are closest to you that give you advice that are counseling you, uh, that 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 we are to be intentional with that. So how do we uh, do this? Like, who are who are. My three, I think, is a, is, a, is a good question to think of. Who are my three? And three isn't necessarily the number of like, oh, sorry, I've already got my three. You're number four. <laughs> but what does it look like to, to have a wise friend? What does a wise friend look like? And also on the other side, what does it look like for us to be a wise friend? Because we're not consumers here of like, okay, everybody, help me out. How can we as well be wise friends? Just want to touch on three different, different things, uh, aspects um, that I believe for being wise friends. As Proverbs nine ten says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding." See, knowing God, I think, is the scripturally is the starting place for wisdom. It's starting place for 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 a wise person, a follower of Christ. Those who are closest to me, just I just want to tell you is I want them to be those who are following Christ as well, because the foundation of wisdom is the fear of God, and that's not I'm afraid of God. That is the reverential awe of God. God, you're amazing. Uh, because if because my life as a Christian, what Jesus says sets how i live it sets the way that i go so if i'm saying jesus is is where i navigate okay it's like me saying north is this way but someone who does not follow jesus saying north is this way and then i ask what do you think in this situation what should i do well my starting place is completely different where I think, where I believe, and where it is north is different than what they say. So, in order to have someone wise, well, one, I need to be following the Lord as a wise friend. We need to know the Lord and, and what his word says, his spirit, have a relationship so that we can be wise friends to those around us. But I want people that are around me, my three, if you will, that have the perspective, the priorities that are shaped by Jesus. Here's an example from from my life is, uh, so before I had a a, a business and I was doing business and pastoring and I felt the Lord say, step back from their business. And and now if I, I felt like that, and really it's stupid to do that um, financially. uh, It's better for my family to stay with the business. um, But I felt like that was the Lord, what the Lord said for me to do. And so if I was to talk to three people who do not know Jesus... They're like, okay, just give yourself a few like days, maybe check into a place, come back, you'll be good. But I knew that that was what the Lord says. And because Jesus, that, that my life is submitted to Jesus, okay, this is what the Lord has put for, on my heart, so I'm going to obey him. But if I had people who were closest to me advising me otherwise, yes. then, then maybe that pra- trajectory would be different. See, we want, want to be, and we want people who are, our lives are founded on Jesus because Jesus is the beginning. The knowledge, the relationship with, with God is the beginning of all wisdom. It's the foundation of wisdom. The second thing, I think, is, is seeing the fruit in their lives, seeing the fruit in their lives. In Luke 6, 43, it says this. Jesus said, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs uh, from thorns, nor do they gather grapes uh, from uh, uh, brumble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. It's it's kind of like this is is I want to be a friend and I need a friend that that has fruit on the tree. That out of out of a heart for the Lord, they produce good things because and how you can tell as well if someone's heart is you listen to what they say. Right. For out of the abundance, the heart, the mouth speaks. It's kind of like toothpaste is when you squeeze it, whatever's inside of it will come out. The same thing is with our words. In Proverbs ten verse eleven, it says this: "It says this. this is an opportunity for you and I. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Have you ever been really thirsty? Oh my goodness! When you get that water, it's like oh, it's so. It's like thank goodness I'm so glad. Oh my goodness! And you're like Josiah, you just walked through Walmart. That's all. Um, (laughs) But when when you're thirsty, there's there's a refreshing that comes. See." The mouth of the righteous, your words are bringing refreshment with encouragement, with speaking faith, being, I believe, uh, solution oriented, which is Jesus oriented because He's the solution. Uh, what God says about things. But the violence comes from the mouth of the wicked. See, uh, the uh, proverb says that a fool is always complaining, that a fool is always gossiping, that if If your friend is gossiping to you and talking smack about other people to you, when you're not there, they're talking smack about you. So a wise friend, though, will speak the truth in love. Right? They'll speak the truth in love. Uh, uh, Proverbs 27 talks about that it's better for a wound from a friend a wound from a friend. I, I shared this story one time uh, about someone they had. This is a true story. They're eating lunch um, at, at a restaurant, and they're eating a burger. And however it happened, as he was eating his burger, there was lettuce right on his forehead. And this dude was like a dude of some, some influence, too. And so no one at the table wanted to tell him, there's lettuce on your forehead and literally a massive leaf of lettuce <laughs> just sitting there talking about things, and this dude's got a massive leaf of lettuce. Wow. A friend is like, hey, you got lettuce on your forehead. (laughs) sort of weird to say, but hey, that's speaking the truth in love. See, a friend says, even as uncomfortable as it is, speaking, hey, you got some lettuce on your forehead, and that's better than just, well, we're just going to keep quiet about this and just let him figure it out. Maybe it's just how he rolls on Wednesdays. <laughs> is it like cucumbers under your for your eyes? I don't know. But then the third thing is I think a wise friend is there. A wise friend is there it is Ecclesiastes 4 verse 10 says this. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls for he has no one to help him up. Again, if Two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, uh, two can withstand him, and a, th- a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know, I think there's just as well of them, of friends, us as friends, and those that we look to to be our close friends, to be there in the battle, to to, to pick up, to as Scripture says, to bear one another's burdens, to pray for you, and also to be there practically. To be there practically as well. I think of the, the, the paralyzed man who was like lowered to Jesus through the roof. He had four friends lower him to Jesus. I, I, like I, that's what I want is, is people around me that as you're going through something. Or maybe I can be one of the four to help you find Jesus and get the healing that you need or to battle with you in faith and in prayer. That's a a good friend to help practically. I think consistently there, and and physically, but also I mean character. Consistent in character. Same in and out. And when you have a wise friend, or when you are a wise friend to someone else, I I believe we help one another to run the race that is in front of us. That we walk into all that God has for us. I think of Caleb and Joshua. How, how like they, those two dudes, they, they stayed together and they're actually able to go into the promised land. That they together saw something different than the other ten. That, that when we are able to be with one another, when we are intentional about that, I believe that we walk into all that God has for us. Can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you today with this? Is is that we're designed to, to be in community. We're designed to be doing life together. That it's the enemy's tactic to, to cause us to be isolated by ourselves, but yet God has designed community for us to, to walk in. And just like that forest, as as the 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 storms of life come when you're in community. You can stand shoulder to shoulder with your brother and sister in Christ. And, And that you can rely when you feel weak, you can lean on someone else. That you can stand in faith with them. And I think too that you can experience the love of God. You know, I think sometimes in community, With other people, we can get hurt. It's just part of life. Sometimes it's unintentional, sometimes it's intentional. But I believe, though, that you don't get healthy on your own, isolated, away. But that I believe that actually there's healing, there's restoration. In a healthy community. Where you're able to where, oh, you don't feel that strong right now? Well, we'll stand with you right now. You just allow the Lord to heal you. We're being with you, we're praying with you. And and allow the Lord to heal you with others standing beside you. I believe that today. So that maybe you've experienced that of in in relationships where you've been hurt. The Lord is, is healing that. And that maybe you're not, I don't know how to walk through this. Well, can I encourage you, don't walk through it alone. It's not how you're meant to be. But that actually in community. In community. And as well, surrounding yourself with those three, four, five, Friends, stand with you. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support and partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the give button. No god is for you. We love you and have a great week.